everything was new to everybody at the time. We didn't know what to expect or what to do. Uh, once they sent us home uh, from spring training and all of a sudden these protocols, like safety protocols and stuff started coming out. And I'm like, how in the world are we going to do this? You know, it was kind of overwhelming at first. Just like anything else and anything new that happens, you just have to, you know, just get used to it, to adapt to it and change to it. Everybody buckled down and locked it in. You know, you just have to look back and be like, all right, yeah, we, we did it. Yeah, under uh, like a pandemic circumstances, you know, we were still able to play baseball. and It was, uh, it was something I won't forget, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, I think any kind of shared experience, can help when you're a coach and we've got a couple guys with experience in it but in the end uh when that ball tips up it's all about those guys on that court you know you got to get them ready but they got to be able to handle the pressure um they've got to be able to play through adversity uh they've got to be consistent over three days one thing i always do share with them there's no more fun in basketball well i say that there's not much more fun in basketball than winning in St. Louis. I had a chance to talk to Tariq Cohen. He said that the entire city of Chicago right now believes that there is something more that this team needs to do still. The hunger is certainly there. Baseball is a funny game. If it bounces your way, we might be able to make some hay this year. We're looking to take another step forward. We're still building for the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Andy Reid's been a guy who obviously is well-respected, who's had a long, successful career up until this point, and that the one thing he was missing before Sunday was that Super Bowl win. So now he's got it. I think, you know, if, if he wasn't already in the, the Hall of Fame as a coach, I think this kind of gets him well on his way to, to getting that. I think days of buying victories with free agents and hoping that spending big money and throwing big money out at big names is a thing of the past. As a player, I want Redbirds fans to really remember me by my positivity and my hard work and dedication. That's how I want people to remember me as someone that influences others and does not focus on herself. I will talk to anybody and I just Make everybody around me better. Well, it's been an exciting offseason. I think the Bulls have high hopes. New head coach has been making sure they understand how to win games and how to turn around the continental losing. I think rookie Patrick Williams is a very impressive rookie to watch, and who knows, maybe he could be rookie of the year. I think he's the perfect fit for any franchise, but especially for the Cubs. They saw something there about it with a guy that wasn't necessarily a flamethrower, which but a real technician was not only that, but a super competitor. And I think it's a great deal for Kyle Hendricks. He called it a life decision. There's always tension between the players and the owners. As early as 1890s, the players started their own players league. So players and management differences are nothing new. It's so cool when you have this exciting and this interesting of a team. And then some guy that you had no idea was going to have the start he has, has taken the world by storm. That is your mean Mercedes. And and what a cool story, too, just fighting down in the minors and in the Mexican League for so many years and now finally getting his shot and definitely pouncing on the opportunity. He's just having a good time. And that's that's just an extra pump of adrenaline for this White Sox team. And now you can't imagine this roster without him. I mean, shocking. I wouldn't say drafting Io DeSumo takes the Bulls to the next level by any means, but just the fact that he ended up in their lap in the second round, I think was a huge blessing for this franchise and that he's got the chance to develop and be a really important key role player 
for this team in the future. He keeps his head up. He keeps persevering and he's putting the work in and you're seeing it pay off. And he's been a really important player to come off the bench for the Bulls. I think it's just going to be so much fun to see how he grows as a basketball player over the next uh, few seasons with the Bulls. Hey, this is Nate Jones, Major League Baseball player. Hey, everyone, it's Luke Stockmeyer. This is Neil Doyle. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 The Score and ISU Redbird alum. Hey, everybody, it's Marcus Grant. Hey, this is Alex Dolaner. Hey, Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. It's now time. It's now time. It's now time. It's now time for the fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 61st episode of the sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you this evening on November 8th, 2021, welcoming listeners to the 61st episode of Will's fifth quarter special. It's been a long time, Will's Fifth Quarter Special fans, since we've been on the airwaves together. It's good to see you again. I'm your host for this special edition of the Fifth Quarter Sports Talk, where we're talking Chicago Bulls basketball. This is an exciting season early on already for the Chicago Bulls team that has brought in many new players. The Chicago Bulls are facing off against a really talented Brooklyn Nets team tonight. We're going to get into that part during the interview portion of the podcast, but we're going to bring back a segment that's been gone for a while, and it's time that it returns. Now it's time for that opening segment you know and enjoy from past episodes. There are many types of well-known trivia out there, but this new trivia will blow you away. It's Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia. This segment is all about the history of the Fifth Quarter Sports Talk here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special. From guessing who appeared for an episode, episode number, and more in the history of this sports podcast is up for grabs. The trivia history question will be announced and following the episode... You can follow our social media on Facebook, William D. Farlow, and the Twitter page at William D. Farlow, our Snapchat, Will Farlow 404, and our Instagram, Will's Fifth Quarter Special, for upcoming clues. Facebook Lives and other live content will also feature the clues, and check the YouTube channel for all live content. Time for new fans and other Will's Fifth Quarter Special listeners to get ready. The Fifth Quarter has just begun, and here is your eighth ever Will's Fifth Quarter trivia question. So as usual, you have to have the correct episode number to get this right. So which episode featured Chicago Bulls coverage of the Otto Porter trade and a little bit about the Gar Pax regime? So that is the 8th ever Will's 5th quarter trivia question. And your first clue for the 8th ever Will's 5th quarter trivia question is the co-host guest appearance that joined me on this episode, Jason Clare. So that's clue number one, Jason Clare. And there's the 8th ever Wills with Court Trivia question. Again, you can check out our walkthrough video, and we are going to be in the process tonight of having a new walkthrough video posted. And the second clue will be revealed tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. And you can check out our Facebook live streams, as I mentioned here, in the opening of the segment following this episode, tonight's posting. It will be up right in time for the Bulls game, get you guys ready for the game, and uh, you get a shot at the trivia question. So you'll have the, pretty much the whole week to... Uh, give it a shot. So best of luck to each and every one of the Will's Fifth Quarter Special Fans, new and current, giving Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia a try. We're going to get to the interview portion of the show, where I bring in a guest appearance making his debut on Will's Fifth Quarter Special. He's someone I've known for a long time uh, that loves sports. Really good guy, worked with him in college, and we're finally able to get him on the show. So it's Nick Landy, uh, former Illinois State University campus radio station WZND News and Sports Reporter, joining us for the first time on Will's fifth quarter special. He's going to help me talk about 
what he thinks of the moves the Bulls made uh, in the offseason, up to the season. And they had a really good training camp, so we're going to bring that up a little bit if it comes up as well. We're going to talk about what we like about what we've seen in these first nine games. You know, there's an interesting thing going on with the Sixers, so I might ask him about that. And he's going to fill us in on his predictions. We're going to each take a shot um, against how they're going to hold this Brooklyn Nets team. You know, how they're going to do well offensively and just hold off James Harden, Kevin Durant. They are without Kyrie Irving, but this Nets team is still obviously pretty solid. They have the experience for it. So here is the interview with Nick Landy. Nick Landy joining us here on episode 61 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Nick, you and I go way back. We've known each other since college, talked a lot of sports at Z&D, worked together on calls. And you're coming to us from the East Coast, man. So uh, welcome to your first debut appearance with us at Will's Fifth Quarter Special. How's it feel, man? I know we've talked about my show many, many times, and now we're finally able to get you on. Uh, I'm just so thankful to finally be here. Well, you know, I've heard a lot about your show, of, you know, checking it out and, uh, you know, hearing about your other friends being on, you know, particularly Tom Pappas is the one who tells me the most about his experience on how much he enjoyed being on your podcast. And it's like, man, if, you know, if I ever get on that show, it's going to be, a, I'm sure, a lot of fun talking with Will about more sports and I'm sure even other stories and stuff like that. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, and we're talking Chicago Bulls. Now, it, this is a team that was definitely being busy. I mean, we could say the second half, I would say, was very disappointing. Now, the players that we traded for morphed with some of the current guys we had last year at the time. They had pressure. So when you saw these moves that were done in the offseason, just tell us what you think about the players, the draft pick of Iowa. Tell us what you thought about the offseason uh, coming into the season. The offseason, I felt like, was a good sign of things to come with this front office. I really liked them getting Arturis Karnaschovich and uh, Mark Eversley, getting those two guys. I felt like they were the right choices for uh, the positions that they took. And I just felt like the way they handled this offseason and the way they conducted business and were able to execute getting some solid veteran players and then also find, a, I'd say, arguably an undervalued uh, an underrated, I should say, draft pick in Io DeSumo. I You just, you know, it t- told me that they're heading in the right direction. I'm not, I didn't set a championship or bust mentality for this team this year. I think they'll get into the playoffs, they'll make some noise, but I think they'll still get um, eliminated like in the second round, maybe the semifinals. But I definitely feel like this front office has taken this team in the right direction and this team is going to just continue to get better as the years move on. Yeah, I know here at Will's Score Special, we started the coverage on our blog. Uh, for fans that don't know about it, we do have a blog on the website, just a tidbit there. Uh, we talked about our terse, Um, you know, just I, I was thinking about it myself, just watching some of the games this year. The preseason was just uh, – it showed that they took the time. I know Billy Donovan talked about it last year, building that team chemistry takes time. Zach talked about it. Colby White, who hopefully comes back and recovers well from his injury, talked about it, but – Seeing Lonzo Ball, uh, DeMar DeRozan to me has been the most, and DeMar and uh, I would say Caruso have been the most impressive to me of the Bulls newcomers. Uh, which one of these stands out to you? If you had to pick like a draft pick they had, a new player off the bench or a starter, which one do you think has stood out to you the most so far? 
I would say DeMar DeRozan because of the fact that there were a lot of people out there who felt like he was arguably the worst move or at least the worst high-profile move made by any NBA team this offseason. A lot of people didn't think he would really make that much of an impact. And just to see the way that he has gelled with his team, particularly with Zach Levine and the way he has been able to score so efficiently and keep the Bulls in a lot of these games late and play a complete game, I think has made a big impact for this team, not just with the veteran core, but on the younger guys as well. And I think you can tell he's really motivated. He's been motivated ever since getting traded from Toronto before they went on to win the championship that he wants to go prove that he can win a championship himself. So I think he's trying to send a message to the rest of the league that he still has what it takes. And I think it's just worked wonders. That's acquisition has worked wonders uh, for the Bulls. Okay. So we're talking about the best player they've acquired since you brought up acquired. I gotta, I gotta ask a probing question. Which move they made, you know, in acquiring a player, which one was the most shocking that when you saw it, you're like, wow, this is pretty incredible. This is going to take the Bulls to the next level. I mean, shocking. I wouldn't say drafting Io DeSumo takes the Bulls to the next level by any means, but just the fact that he ended up in their lap in the second round. I think was a huge blessing for this franchise and that he's got the chance to develop and be a really important key role player for this team in the future. And he's already shown some great um, flashes in the first couple of games this season. You know, he he's had some, you know, bad shots and stuff and some bad moments, but he keeps his head up. He keeps persevering and he's putting the work in and you're seeing it pay off. And he's been a really important player to come off the bench for the bulls, especially with Colby white out him step IO stepping in for him has been huge for the bulls. And I think it's just going to be so much fun to see how he grows as a basketball player over the next uh, few seasons with the bulls. I mean, I got to talk about Ayo myself after that. I saw him play against Loyola. You saw the talent he could bring if given the chance in the NBA early on. And I was I was hoping uh, he would come to Chicago. You know, it's good to see another hometown kid. Uh, uh, rest in peace, the Bulls career of Derrick Rose uh, in that regard. Jabari Parker, of course. Uh, other Illinois natives that have worn that Chicago Bulls jersey. Dwayne Wade to be mentioned as well. But Ayo's got hard on the court, I could see. You know, that's what I like to see in players when you watch the game is, uh, you know, the heart that they bring to the game, the energy. And, you know, for a rookie, he's got some raw talent. I think his defense is something I like because the Bulls have needed defense, uh, Nick, I'm sure you can agree with in the last year or so to improve that. You know, they've always been more offensive than defensive in the last few seasons. And I was really good at getting, you know, into the post, you know, could take a three. Uh, he's already had a career high 14 point game so far in the year. So I definitely agree with you. I think, when you have a guy like Lonzo Ball, that's giving Io time to develop long term with this Bulls roster, you know, to learn from a veteran, because we don't know the future of Lonzo Ball. He is on a four year deal right now, just in year one of the Chicago Bulls career. So we don't know what I was going to be with that, but it's definitely exciting. The Bulls have a lot of toys to play with there. And I got to bring up one of the games that just happened a few days ago. There was a controversial play against the Philadelphia 76ers where it involves Lonzo Ball, a boy start, Bulls starting point guard. And Joel Embiid, uh, star center for the Sixers. Now, I was watching the game, and I think it was really interesting to see how that call went. I know a lot of people saw it going a flagrant one. I could have seen that just to kind of 
you know, show you know, all the teams in the league, that's not something you should do. So what did you think about that? What looked like a bit of a punch uh, from Joel Embiid after a play on Lonzo Ball? Oh, well, it was clearly not intentional. Joel had no idea that Lonzo was coming in. Lonzo was coming in from the perimeter to right after the play. And Joel had no idea he was coming. He literally turned around and as he was turning around was just doing, um, you know, making that motion with his arm and just, you know, it was a very uh, unfortunate timing, but uh, thankfully though, no contact was made. Lonzo didn't get hurt. And I don't think uh, Joel was doing anything malicious and I don't think he should have been fouled. I think everyone could tell even Lonzo that was just a mistake and a freak accident. And thankfully no one got, got hurt from it. You know, it kind of reminded me of several years ago when Carlos Boozer, when he was on the Bulls, hit a layup. And as he got fouled and when the ball went into the basket, he turned around and did like a fist bump. But as he turned around, he had no idea the referee was right behind him and he accidentally hit the referee. So it's stuff like that happens sometimes once in a while, you know, these guys are not trying to hurt the other guys on the court, but you know, it just, you know, in the heat of the moment, it can happen from time to time. So thankfully in this instance, no one got hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Embiid's a well-respected player in the week. So I think what stood out to me is a, fan that's opposing the Sixers was just how he handled it. Cause some players, you know, don't handle it the right way. You know, it could cause a fight on the court, but Joel went up to the players, went up to Lonzo. You could see on the game handled it really well. I think it shows really good uh, sportsmanship, which is the beauty of the game. Uh, we got to cover the injuries because the bulls do have some injuries they're dealing with. We've already talked about it a little bit. Uh, Colby white is uh, just according courtesy of ESPN.com uh, for Will's for special fans, just to keep them posted. Colby White is still out with a shoulder injury, remains without a clear timetable, but he was able to go through a little bit of contact at Monday's practice. That's courtesy of Rob Schaefer of NBC Sports Chicago. And Patrick Williams, a really rough injury for the Bulls, I think. Really good young player last year in his rookie season. Looked really like primed to have a good second year. Um, he is out with a wrist injury. He's going to un- undergo surgery to repair torn ligaments in his left wrist from an injury he sustained during Thursday's matchup against New York. Uh, the big Joakim Noah night, as we call it, and he is expected to miss four to six months. So, Nick, how do you see those moves impacting the Bulls? I mean, since those injuries, they have at least kept their record at a respectable level, fifth in the lead, you know, Eastern Conference right now. But do you see them having any issues with these two players out, especially Patrick Williams being out pretty much most of the year now? I think the Williams injury can definitely have an impact on the team, particularly in the backcourt in terms of just the depth um, and the fact that even he had a little bit of size that would have helped them in the interior. So uh, I, I could definitely see the bulls being buyers at the trade deadline and seeing them try to get another player to fill in that role and just add in a little bit more depth. I think, especially the fact that the bulls are proven they can be competitive with some of the other top teams in the league. I think it will motivate the front office to get a little bit more aggressive than normal around the trade deadline and try to find a new player to help the team out. Yeah, no, I agree. A few things that came to mind with me, let's say if they go to a guy in-house, they did get a player that they Euro stashed from the draft a few years ago, uh, Simonovich. He could become a backup option. And I think Alize Johnson is a name that comes to mind to me, surprisingly, a, a guy that was, a pretty much a bench former for the Pacers uh, really came into his own with the Nets last year, as we saw in the playoffs. I mean, 
you're going up with that next man up type of mentality, but I really am interested in why Javante Green starting. I think if it works, he's doing a good job. Doesn't matter to Bulls fans. If it works, it works. Um, I think as Tom Pappas would say, one of our friends, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I think Alizé Johnson would be an interesting name in that rotation. I agree with you about the trade deadline. I think, I don't know where I heard this. I, Bulls fans can check out this article as well as with the core special fans. There was a writer that wrote a few days ago, they might be able to make a trade for uh, DeMontas Sabonis, which I don't think will happen because it's in division. But uh, going to where they are right now, uh, what do you think they need to do before tonight's game against Brooklyn? We're going to, in a minute here, predict what we think will happen in the game. But seeing the last few games, Nick, you know, they're seven and three uh, or six and three correction. Uh, what do you think they need to do uh, to have a chance tonight? Like game prep mentality, maybe coach pep talk. What do you think? Well, one of the biggest disadvantages the bulls are going to be facing throughout this whole season is the lack of size that they have. And they're going to have to really find a way to pack the paint and try to win the game on the boards and prevent guys like Durant and Harden from getting any second chance opportunities. You know, they're not going to be perfect by any means, but you're going to have to, I think the way Embiid played against the Bulls in terms of how effective he was both in the paint and on the perimeter is going to be, they're going to have to look at the two games they played against the Sixers and look at how to make adjustments from those two games in order to find out how to guard two guys like Harden and Durant who are also effective both in the paint and on the perimeter. So I'd say the biggest thing above all else is you got to just find a way to really clamp down on the boards or, um, you know, just pack the paint, um, get, get the rebounds that you need. And I think the offense is more than capable of matching the scoring that the Nets have to offer. It's really just a matter of that defense and winning the battle of the boards. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think what worries me about the Bulls a little bit, and this is something we didn't touch on, I'm going to give you a chance to talk about it as well because I'd like to hear your take on it. Nikola Vucevic is a bit of a concern for me. Um, you know, he's he's an all-star. He's been an all-star player before. You know, he's new to the Bulls since the second half of last year, but – just watching, you know, against Philadelphia 76ers, those two games, a little bit of the Knicks earlier on, maybe against Detroit as well. He doesn't seem like he's fitting in the rotation because they have a lot of good players starting. DeMar, Lonzo, Zach, uh, Javante, or whoever they started power forward with those guys, and Nikola. So he's kind of still finding a role in that, it seems. It's definitely a concern to me. You know, centers, it's today's NBA. Centers can take three-pointers. Joel took one against the Bulls to – help the Sixers get that second straight win in matchups against Chicago just a few nights ago. But seeing Nikola take a few and not make them, he just kept going to that three, and it kind of concerned me because he has that option. He's a tall player, really good in the post, could be going into the post to get the ball in or, you know, getting the rebounds uh, from those missed shots, and that could have maybe changed that game against Philly. So do you see Nikola Vucevic right now being a bit of a concern for the Bulls that would, he would probably need to improve if it helps their chances? I think it's still too early to officially label him a concern. I think above all else, he's still trying to figure out what his true role is with the team. And I think, again, the lack of size does play a factor into how he's approaching the game. I think he may be trying to overcompensate 
a little bit because of the fact that there's not a lot of size around him that he feels like he's not sure whether or not he needs to be that big man down low to be there for both uh, post play and for the rebounding, or if he needs to be a guy who's more outside in the wing and setting screens and stuff like that. So I think he and Billy Donovan and the rest of the team are just still trying to figure out how to best utilize him. And, you know, again, he could, he could just be going through a cold streak as well. It happens from time to time. We know how talented he is. He, you know, he's not a one-year wonder. He is a guy who has proven to have a lot of success for a long time. So I, I don't think right now there's any reason to push the panic on. I think it's just a work in progress. And, you know, the fact that the Bulls should be thankful for is that they have the depth at least in the starting five to be able to look around that and still be able to put up a lot of points and hang in there with a lot of these other high school teams. So they do have some time to figure out uh, what to do with Vucevic moving forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm not completely concerned about him. Like you're saying, I think it's just something to keep an eye on early in the year because they talked about in the post game and, you know, Stacy and, it was Jason Benetti subbing for uh, Adam Amin. They did a real good job, like when Jason subs in there, really good broadcast. And they're talking about that basic thing we were talking about just now. Like it, it's still early, and hopefully he's a great player that we need you know, when he finds that role. I mean, right now, just looking at the stats going into tonight's game, he is averaging 10.8 rebounds, uh, nine of those defensive. So he's, he's doing really well on the defensive side. Uh, to offset his offensive struggle currently. Looking at some stats right now, we have DeMar DeRozan, um, who Nick mentioned will score special fans, was a underrated but smart pickup for the Chicago Bulls in free agency. He's averaging 26.8 points per game, uh, 50.3 field goal percentage, Lonzo four assists. Uh, so, Nick, I'm going to let you start on this one. We're going to predict what we think is going to happen in tonight's game. So the Bulls are facing – um, a team that's currently third in the Eastern Conference and the Bulls, respectively, tied for, with Cleveland for first in the division, uh, ranked fifth in the Eastern Conference. So give us a prediction of what you think tonight's uh, game could end up being and what you think the result would be in the end. I do see it kind of playing out more similar to the Knicks game where the Bulls kind of are behind for most of the game, but I do think they hang around and they do make a late push and they do find a way to get uh, victory in a close game. I have them winning uh, by three uh, tonight. I'll, and if we're going to go with exact score, let's go with 108 to 105 Bulls. Okay, I like that finish, but since you have it on a game-winning three type thing with the score. Not, not game-winning three, like a late, they pull, they pull away late, so maybe they get like some late free throws to put the game away or something like that. So it's not like a buzzer beater, but they find a way to get the big baskets late, get some big free throws late, and they do. And that's becomes the difference in the game. So just want to clarify that. No, no, absolutely. I think either way, Bulls fans would like that type of finish. But what player do you have getting those final shots for the Bulls in that case? Oh, I, I to me, Zach Levine's the guy I would give the ball to last between the fact that he makes some of the toughest shots look easy and the fact that he's just so good at the free throw line as well. That's a guy I would trust to get the ball in the net with time winding down. Really good prediction, Will's the core special fans. You heard it here first. Our debut guest, Nick Landy, has it 108-105 Chicago Bulls. So I'm going to go a little bit similar, but in a different form. I think the Bulls will be the one getting the lead a little bit. I know that's a little bit of a bold prediction, given we are facing 
Kevin Durant, James Harden. But I feel like this Bulls team just has that edge. You know, they're coming off a loss against Philly that they sh- they could have had that game. So they're feeling a little bit discouraged about it. But it's early enough to where I think Billy Donovan has experience in these types of scenarios, coaching in Florida, coaching in Oklahoma City. And I think I think the Bulls are going to go big tonight. They're coming back home off the road. And I think the fan energy they've talked about is really good for this team. Uh, the players have talked about how great that's been in the stadium this year so far uh, for this Bulls team. I see a big game from Lonzo Ball. I do think Zach is going to be tightly covered a little bit more tonight just since he's against a James Harden-type player. You know, you never know what Brooklyn's going to do. I do think DeMar is going to get pressure, but DeMar in game situations has, you know, he got through some tough defenders, uh, you know, against Philadelphia and the other teams we faced this year. So I think it's going to be a big game for the Bulls. I do see a few players, surprisingly, Derek Jones Jr. has really caught fire a little bit off that Bulls bench. I've seen the post, so I think he's going to do a little bit better. Would love to see Io DeSomu go big in his hometown uh, tonight. So I have the Bulls winning by nine points. So I have a 125 to 109 uh, Chicago Bulls. So actually a 16 point. I'm going to change it to uh, on that. So that'll be my final result. A little bit bold, but it, on a fun sports podcast like this, talking to Bulls, got to have a little fun. So, uh, Nick, we really appreciate your time. Like I said, it's been a while. We wanted to get you on the show, and we were finally able to do so. Uh, keep up the good work uh, over at Dartmouth, folks. Uh, one of the workers over there you know at Dartmouth, so you know to give a shout-out to if you see him around there on the campus. Uh, Nick, pleasure to have you on the show. Good friend. And the first of many, I hope, we'll definitely have to get you on again soon, man. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Great insight from our debut guest appearance, Nick Landy. It's Will Farley, your host, back here with you. Really good interview there, and I just like bringing on new guests now and then. That's the beauty of the show, uh, very perspectives uh, for you fans to enjoy. So Nick did a really good job for us, and we appreciate it. So we talked about the Bulls, and I'm just going to finish with this point. I really think this team is going to have a better season than they've had in the last few years. You know, they're, they're going to have to build more team chemistry. They have a tougher schedule, obviously, right now, but they're showing – that they're close in games. We talked about how they lost to the Sixers recently, what they're going to need to do against Brooklyn tonight. And they play the Nets very closely. It's not like they got blown out by 20 points like last year's team could have been when they had the rough second half last year, building chemistry with these new players so suddenly and being tested by that and injuries. This Bulls team is for real. I think you could even play Io DeSomo. Uh, as a backup and switch him off of Kobe when Kobe's back and healthy. He's still rehabbing Kobe White uh, for the Bulls right now. So I like Lonzo Ball a lot at point guard. I didn't know what to expect at first when he came in, but I think he's doing a really good job. Good passer, good defender, good player. And he's young too, so he can develop with this team. Zach Levine's obviously the main focal point, but I think DeMar DeRozan could be uh, another top Bulls option. I like him a lot. A lot of people in Chicago didn't know him too well aside from when he played against us with the Spurs and the Raptors, but this guy can play basketball. Uh, this is a really good team, and uh, we wish the Chicago Bulls uh, the best of luck tonight. Uh, 7 p.m. tip-off um, as they host the Brooklyn Nets, as Nick and I talked about tonight's game. So best of luck to the Chicago Bulls from us here at Wheels Fifth Quarter Special. Now we're going to get into the ending segment of the show everyone enjoys, uh, a signature segment in Wheels Fifth Quarter Special history that will always be around. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-host, and our listeners at home 
a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. Listeners, you can now hop onto the podcast Facebook profile and Twitter page at William D. Farlow. Tweet with the hashtag Wills of Course Special and post your own sports movie moment favorites to have it read on future Wills Fifth Quarter Specials. Now, this movie I've watched before, and I don't believe I've talked about it on the show before, so I think it really fits, and you guys will see why in a minute. It's a movie that came out in 2012. Uh, it deals with a player that the Bulls are facing tonight, actually. It, the movie's Thunderstruck. It uh, deals with a kid named Brian Newell growing up in Oklahoma City. Pretty much every kid wants to be like their favorite superstar basketball player around that age, high school, grammar school, and Brian Newell was that. You know, he wasn't the best player. Uh, he was a towel boy and water boy for his basketball team. Uh, tried to impress a girl he likes that was new at the school, and he got you know joked about by the bullies and stuff. Video saying time his sister would take. But anyways, the scene is he goes to the Thunder game. His dad sees he's down about the whole video thing, down in the dumps. Takes him to the game, surprises him with tickets. And somehow he wins a chance to get a half-court shot. And he runs into uh, his favorite player of all time. Uh, you know, you always have a player you idolize, and his, Brian Newell's was Kevin Durant, who played for the Thunder at the time in the movie. So, you know, KD autographs the ball for him. Um, and then Brian says, I wish I had your talent. You know, he's a starstruck kid, wants to be like his idol. And Kevin Durant says, talent, basically, talent builds the talent, but talent builds the war card. So he's basically saying... You have to earn it. You know, your work will pay off. And suddenly they switch talents. You know, there's electricity on both sides, and they switch each other's talents. Basically, the talents switch places. So, um, you know, movie goes on. Brian deals with this new thing and takes it on. Uh, let's get to his head a little bit, though, like we all do sometimes as human beings. And he realizes that he needs to give back to Kevin. So that's kind of where the movie is. I'm not going to spoil the ending. It's a really great movie um, I'd recommend. And it compares to... Uh, well, obviously the Bulls and the Nets tonight. They're facing Kevin Durant, and I'm gonna easily connect it to both. You know, uh, you know Kevin Durant we're facing, but in the Bulls case as well, they have focal points like Zach Levine and you know Demar Derozan that I mentioned in the interview portion and at the at post interview portion as well in this episode. And you know they they're working hard. You know, uh, bringing in new coaching staff, bringing in the new front office. Um, molding these players together. And you could tell how hard the players worked to build that chemistry even better than the way last year's second half was with all these new guys coming in. It, it's just incredible and it's exciting. And as a fan, um, you know, Bulls fans can really appreciate that from their team, you know, and what the coaching staff's doing with them and the players and how well they're doing it together. So I would definitely recommend that movie. It compares really well to what the Chicago Bulls are doing. That is all the time we have in Episode 61 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Tune in next time for continued coverage of Illinois State University Redbird Athletics on our Redbird Sports Updates. We will continue to cover all things Chicago sports as they continue to unfold. Be on the lookout as the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs are both in their Major League Baseball off-seasons. And there might be a uh, lockout in Major League Baseball, so if that happens, we will talk about that as well. Don't shoot the messenger, guys. We don't know for sure, but it is a possibility. Uh, we'll continue to cover the Chicago Bears in the regular season and the Chicago Bulls as well. And for the first time on audio, we're mentioning this, our new team that we cover, we're covering the offseason of the Chicago Sky, currently the defending 2021 WNBA champions. I want to thank Nick Landy for making his debut guest appearance here on the Fifth Quarter Sports Talk. Nick, did a great job. Appreciate your time. Look forward to having you on again in the future. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, you turn to us for your Fifth Quarter Sports Talk. 
I'm your host, Will Farrell, along with our guest appearance, Nick Landy, saying so long from Will's Fifth Quarter Special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's Fifth Quarter Specials on our new website at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports, Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow and share it with us with the hashtag Will's Fifth Quarter Special. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special.